نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما حديث نمبر 113 حدثنا علي بن عبد الله قال حدثنا سفيان قال حدثنا عمر قال أخبرني وهب بن منبه عن أخيه قال هساد سمعت أبا هريرة I heard Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, yaqulu, he was saying, ma min ashabin nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. There was no one from among the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ahadun, anyone at all, akthara, more, hadithan, in hadith, anhu, from him, meaning from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, minni, than me. No one from among the companions had more a hadith than me. No one from among the companions had more than me, illa except ma what? Kana min 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 Abdullah ibn Amrin. What was from Abdullah ibn Amr? Abdullah ibn Amr he had more. Fainnahu because indeed he kana he used to yaktubu he used to write. Wala aktubu and I would not write. He used to write and I would not write. تابعه معمر عن همام عن أبي هريرة Another chain What do we learn in this hadith? Imam Bukhari is proving over here about the correctness of kitabatul ilm kitabatul hadith about writing knowledge about writing the hadith and one of the evidences that we learn from this hadith is that Abdullah ibn Amr and this is Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Al-As he used to write the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Obviously, this was during his lifetime. And Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, on the other hand, he did not write the hadith. So Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, he had this feeling that perhaps Abdullah ibn Amr had more a hadith than him. He had more a hadith than him. But we see that Abu Huraira, he narrated approximately 5,300 a hadith. And Abdullah ibn Amr, you know how many he narrated? Not more than 700. Not more than 700. So who narrated more hadith? Abu Huraira. Despite the fact that Abdullah ibn Umar, he used to write the hadith. What do we learn from this? That just because a person has more knowledge does not mean that he will benefit people as much, that he will pass on the same amount of knowledge. It's quite possible that a person has less knowledge compared to the other. But because he is spreading it, because he is teaching it, his effect on the people is much more, is much greater. Many times our focus becomes, you know, getting one degree after the other or taking one course after the other. We want to increase the number of courses that we've taken. That should not be the only goal. Our goal should be to learn whatever we can and not keep it to ourselves, but also to implement it and also spread it. Because at the end of the day, we will be asked not just about whether we learned or not, but what we did with that knowledge as well. We will also be asked about what we did with that knowledge. Then this also shows to us that our goal should not just be on writing and recording, because some people, they just want to have all the books, or they want to have all the audio lectures, they want to have access to everything, but it doesn't mean that they benefit from it. So our goal should be that whatever knowledge we do have, we should also benefit from it, inshallah.
I still remember my group in charge would tell me in Talim al-Quran that the point of coming to Talim al-Quran is not just so that you have the bujas um, with you and keep writing them. She said, she mentioned a scenario. She's like, imagine yourself, you're going on a flight and all those bujas in your suitcase fall off the flight. What would you do? And that made all of us realize that day that it's not just about writing with beautiful colors in your juz. It's about implementing because that's when you're going to preserve that knowledge. And up until this day, I remember that even although I love writing, I try my best to observe that in my actions so that I can remember it more often. Yes. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I was reading about Al-Shaykh Al-Mutarrif. Yes. Uh, he said, Salah al-Qalb bi Salah al-Amal wa Salah al-Amal bi Salah al-Niyah. So it touched me, you know, it's like if the heart, uh, reformation, right? Salah. Reformation, is it Salah? Yeah. Reformation, correctness of the Correctness heart. of the heart is by correctness of the deed. And the correctness of the deed is by correctness of the Niyah. Yes. So it touched me this, uh, you know. Yes. So... Our niya behind gaining knowledge should not just be perfecting our notes or perfecting our degrees, or but it should be to benefit from that knowledge and also benefit other people with it. I imagine, okay, I should focus on this. Now, Kitabat al-Ilm began and I thought I should write more. So what is the proper way? What I'm understanding is this, that it's not the matter that you just confine yourself to, you limit yourself to one particular thing. Exactly. You, you just have your niya khalis, Work whatever the ability Allah has given you and keep sharing it. When you share, then your knowledge becomes firm. It's right. not the matter you're writing or you are forcing your brain. Okay, remember, remember, remember. It's keep sharing and staying in you, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Inshallah. And when you were preparing for your talk, how much did you write? A lot, right? I saw some of you were, you know, you had brought like two or three sheets of paper. And some of you had brought more, some of you had brought less. So when a person goes on to spread knowledge, then writing becomes a part of it. Similarly, when you're taking notes, when you're studying, again, are you writing a lot? Again, you're writing a lot. So we see that the process of learning and teaching, this involves a lot of writing. So as long as a person is learning, teaching, he's in that process, he will keep on doing kitabatul ilm. And he will benefit himself and he will also benefit other people, inshallah. Let's continue. One more thing that Abdullah ibn Amr, he did have a lot of ahadith, but he did not narrate all of them. Because a person may wonder, where are those ahadith which he had? He did not narrate all of them. We also learn about Abu Bakr anhu, right? Didn't he spend the most time out of all of the companions with the Prophet ﷺ? Yes, he did. However, he didn't narrate as many ahadith. The way he benefited the people was in a different way. Okay, we can't say they didn't benefit the people at all. No. What he learned, what he understood, the experience he had, he benefited the people in, in a completely different way. So we see that when a person learns, he must strive to benefit himself and benefit others. Only this way, knowledge can continue. If a person does not benefit himself, does not benefit others, then what will happen? Knowledge will finish like this. And I have been sharing it with everybody I know. I even like on Sunday was our graduation at Islamic Society of York Region, and I explained that to all the mothers. And now on Friday there's a graduation at Islamic uh, Foundation for the young girls who are hofaz. There's seven girls who are becoming hofaz. So I told my halakha group, we're not going to have a halakha. We are going to that graduation. I'm going to share this hadith with the girls there too, because we have to make the girls feel special that beyond the hofaz there is more out there. And especially the fact that Allah makes a way for you for Jannah, I think that is amazing. I find that it's a simple uh, hadith and I've been sharing with everybody I know. And Alhamdulillah, may Allah guide all of us and to apply all the knowledge that we have learned. 
Um, we've taken a lot of Al-Maghrib courses, like me and my husband and also a lot of his friends. So he started this website, like ilmfruits.com. And a lot of them have really good notes, like the students of the classes. And they would just kind of have it in their computers and stuff. So what we did was we kind of spread it up. We chose a few people and we made them write articles on it. And then what's amazing is that uh, as an administrator, when you go and you look at the statistics, yes. people don't realize this, but there are articles that we wrote like five years ago and sometimes they get 100 hit, yeah. 200 hit randomly. Like I myself like, use that website so much. Yeah, it's amazing. People don't realize that, you know, that one article they write, like I'm trying to make effort that all these classes we're studying right now, it's my intention, inshallah, that to write notes of like Ajrumiya or Sahih Bukhari and because not only would it benefit my own knowledge like I might forget like you said like in the last hadith we studied but also I do find that this helps me like after I write it I feel like when I'm starting to write I realize I don't know something and then I go back and I search and then I fix it and I, I understand better and then also when I've like lost my own handwritten notes I can just google and search and find my article and, and find it and benefit again it strengthens your knowledge as well When you write something down, like for example, when you were writing your own notes to deliver this talk, I'm sure you wrote it over and over again. You read it over and over again. You researched, you checked words, you checked a hadith, you checked verses. So it it solidified your knowledge as well. And you know, uh, this thing that Sarah mentioned about, about writing and making knowledge available to other people, there's something that's very important. You know, one website that started off as a blog, I believe, very small, and it grew And so many people benefit from it across the world. So many people benefit from it. So if you put something online, you know, really, the benefit can can multiply many, many times. So at the time of the Sahab, some Sahaba narrated more hadith and some were like, for example, Abu Bakr who was the Khalifa and he was doing other things. Yes. Even now, somebody might be teaching and somebody might have a blog online. Yes. Somebody, So everyone can benefit others. Yes. Everyone can benefit others. With their own capacity, whatever skill Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. So if you have that ability to write well, to organize your thoughts on paper really well, then go ahead and do it. And start writing, start posting. Inshallah, many people can benefit from that. حدثنا يحيى بن سليمان قال حدثني ابن وهب قال أخبرني يونس عن ابن شهاب عن عبيد الله بن عبد الله عن ابن عباس ابن عباس رضي الله عنه he narrated قال he said لما when اشتد it became severe it became intense bin nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam what became intense waj'uhu his pain his ailment which pain was this which ailment was this near his death qala he said ituni bring me bikitabin a book aktub i will write lakum for you kitaban some writing la tadillu you will not go astray ba'dahu after it bring me something so i can write something for you and if you follow it if you live by it you will never ever go astray after that qala umar umar radhiyallahu anhu he was there he said to the companions inna nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam indeed the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam ghalabahu alwaj'u Pain has overcome him. He's in so much pain. He's so sick. وَعِنْدَنَا And with us is كِتَابُ اللَّهِ The book of Allah. حَسْبُنَا It is sufficient for us. So he said, don't make him write anything. Don't have him tell you what to write because he's so he's in so much pain. He's in so much hardship. He's so ill. And alhamdulillah, Allah has given us the book. And we know that it guides us to the right way. So that should be sufficient for us. Don't keep asking you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam more and more fakhtalafu so they differed 
the people differed. Some said that no, the Prophet ﷺ is requesting us, he's telling us to bring something, so we should respond to him and we should have him instruct us. And others said that no, you know, leave him now, let him rest, don't make it too hard upon him. And people were having this difference, وَكَثُرَ And it increased, اللَّغَطُ اللَّغَط Noise. The clamor, meaning people were arguing and it became too noisy, people were yelling, people were shouting. قَالَ He said, the Prophet ﷺ said it at that point, قُومُ anni. Stand up, anni, from me, meaning leave. Get up and leave. وَلَا yambari, And it is not appropriate. Indi, near me, in my presence, at-tanazur, fighting, argument. This is not appropriate in my presence. You should not be arguing in front of me. فَخَرَجَ So he went out. Who? Ibn Abbasin. Ibn Abbas anhu. يَقُولُ He was saying, إِنَّ indeed الرَّزِيَّةَ The Calamity, the disaster, the great loss. Kulla, entire arraziyya. Calamity, disaster. Meaning, a great calamity has happened. A complete disaster has happened. Ma hala. Ma hala, what has, what has happened? Baina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, between the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa baina and between kitabihi, his writing. Meaning, a great calamity has happened that has hala, that has prevented intervened, prevented the Prophet ﷺ from writing what he intended to write. What do we see in this hadith? The Prophet ﷺ, he offered the companions to have something written. And that is the bab, kitabatul ilm. So the Prophet ﷺ, in his lifetime, he offered that he would have something written down for the guidance of people. So this shows that it is perfectly fine to write. In fact, it is very beneficial. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that, bring me something, so aktub lakum, I will write for you. What does it mean by the statement, aktub lakum? This could be understood in two ways. It could possibly mean that he would order it to be written, and it could also mean that he would write it himself. Some scholars, they have said that the Prophet ﷺ, he did not write before he became a prophet, but after he became a prophet, he did write. Because we learn in the Qur'an, وَمَا كُنْتَ تَتْلُو مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَلَا تَخُطُّهُ بِيَمِينِكَ Before, you did not write anything. So it's quite possible that he began writing afterwards. And there are some ahadith in which we see the word aktub is mentioned. So aktub means I write. So it's possible that he wrote by himself after he became a prophet of Allah. But other scholars, they disagree and they say no. He was an ummi. He did not know how to read and write. And we know that at the Treaty of Hudaybiyyah, he asked where his name was written. And he wiped it off himself. If he was able to read and write, he could have done it himself. He did not have the need to ask them. But he asked, which shows that he did not know how to read and write. So then how do we understand, Aktub lakum? I will write for you. I will get it written. I will have it written. I will command that it be written. But then why is the fail in mutakallim? Why is he saying that I will do this? Because Al-Amir Bishay Kafa'ilihi. The one who orders something to be done is like the one who actually does it. And we see this in the Quran. Many actions that the angels are doing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses I over there as if He is doing it. Why? Because whenever the angels do something, it is at the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, aktub lakum, what it means is that I will have it written for you. Bring me a book and I will have something written for you. 
And what did he say? Kitab, a book, meaning a writing, لا تضلوا بعدا After which you will never ever go astray. Meaning if you hold on to it, you will never ever go astray. What does it mean by this kitab? Kitab is in, has been understood in two ways. First of all, it has been said that it means, meaning I will write something for you, which if you follow, you will not go astray in deen. You will not go astray with regards to the sharia. So in other words, what he would write would be in addition to the sharia. However, this does not seem that appropriate. Why? Because we know that the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't that better in guidance than anything else? We learn in the Qur'an, إِنَّ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ يَهْدِي لِلَّتِي يَأَقْوَمْ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ هَذَا بَيَانٌ لِلنَّاسِ وَهُدًا وَمَوْعِضَ And we learned that at Al-Hajjat Al-Wada'a, the Prophet said that I am leaving amongst you two things which you hold on to, you will never go astray, the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And if the Prophet ﷺ would give them some shadri instruction at this point, then that would mean he did not deliver the message completely. So this has to be something else. So what is it? It is a script which you would write down, which you would have written, which if the people followed, they will not be lost with regards to khilafah, with regards to leadership. That he would have it written himself, that after me, such and such, should be leader, so-and-so should be leader, in this and this way. So he would write down something regarding khilafah, regarding leadership amongst the Muslims. And why do you think he would want to have this written down? Because you can imagine when his illness intensified, when he became sick and he was in a lot of pain, he realized that he wasn't going to be there long enough. So he did not want the people to be in the slightest confusion even. So this is why he said that, If you hold on to this, you will never go astray. You will never be lost. You will not be confused at all, even for a moment. And this shows to us how the Prophet ﷺ was truly rahmatulil alameen, that how he wanted to benefit the people in every way that was within his capacity. So he did not want people to be in confusion at all. But we see that Umar he intervened over here. He said, Don't bother the Prophet ﷺ anymore. Leave him. We have the book of Allah and that is sufficient for our guidance. You know, don't press him to write something, to instruct something more. Leave him. Don't bother him. Let him rest. Don't make it too hard upon him. And we see that this intervention, it kind of worked out. It was in fact better. How? Why? Because we see that the Sahaba, they decided that Abu Bakr should be the Khalifa themselves. And they agreed upon him being the Khalifa. And when they appointed him as a Khalifa, they did so willingly. Amongst the companions, there was absolutely no bad feelings. Everyone agreed. Everyone supported this decision. They all did this with their own agreement, their willingness. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ in his life, he had indicated at several occasions that after him, who would be the leader of the Muslims? Abu Bakr anhu. That when he was ill, he had Abu Bakr anhu lead the people in prayer. I mean, that was a very clear sign. A woman came to the Prophet ﷺ asking about something and he said, go. And when you come back and if you don't find me, then ask Abu Bakr. Another incident, when the Prophet ﷺ appointed Abu Bakr as the leader and he sent him for hajj. 
And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Ali radhiallahu anhu afterwards to make the announcement to the people, but still Abu Bakr was the leader. So at several occasions we see the Prophet ﷺ clearly pointed out that Abu Bakr would be the leader. And we see that when the Sahaba themselves agreed to appoint him, it made it even more clear that Abu Bakr was supposed to be the leader. Because the guidance from the Prophet ﷺ was there. But when the Sahaba also agreed, when they decided to have him as the leader, it made it very clear that he was supposed to be the Khalifa. So we see that it was out of the mercy of Allah that Umar who was given a tawfiq to intervene at this time and not let that be written to have the Prophet ﷺ take it easy to let him rest. But a person might wonder that did the people not go astray afterwards? I mean, we see a huge division amongst the Muslims who later said that Ali radiallahu anhu should have been the Khalifa. If the Prophet ﷺ had written it down, you know, there would have been no fitna like that. A person may argue. However, we see that is the Qur'an not there? Yes. But are some people not still misguided? Yes, they are. And if you think in the life of the Prophet ﷺ, when he indicated so clearly, so many times that Abu Bakr was supposed to be the leader, but still people don't accept that, then you think they would accept that document? They would say, they would come up with another explanation. They fabricated themselves. They wrote it up themselves. Isn't it? So those people who are prone to, you know, going astray, they will go astray, even if clear evidences are there. So there was benefit in this. And we also learn over here in this hadith that from the response of Umar anhu, he said, we have the book of Allah. It is sufficient for us he is in too much pain. Don't bother him anymore. What do we learn from this? What adab, what etiquette do we learn from this? That how much love and concern Umar had for the Prophet ﷺ. That how he wanted him to be at ease, to not be overburdened, to not suffer any hardship. I mean, the Prophet ﷺ, when he told the companions that he would write something, this was out of his own accord. Nobody forced him. Nobody asked him. Isn't it? It was out of his own accord, but still Umar had so much care for him, he didn't want him to be in pain. So this teaches us a very important lesson, that we should be very eager when it comes to learning, but we should also keep in consideration the state of the other person, the health of the other person, how much time they have available, what position they are in, because many times we're just eager to learn and we don't care about the other person. Hmm? My husband, he tells me that many times when, you know, some shayukh, they come to town to teach classes during break times, you know, all the men, you know, they go and they surround the teacher and they ask him one question after the other. And the teacher sometimes says very clearly, this is my break as well. But people don't care at all. I mean, the teacher is standing and he is talking and he traveling last night and he has to travel next morning. And while you are sleeping, he has to perhaps prepare. And the few minutes that he has to rest, to sit down, to stop talking, to drink a glass of water, people come and start asking questions. Right? So we should be very much concerned about other people as well. You know, definitely we should be very eager to learn. But our eagerness should not harm the other. It should not harm the other. And many times it happens with my mother that people complain. You're so busy. We call, but there's no answer. Uh, you know, we email, but there's no quick response. And it really bothers me that don't you realize she's also a human being? I mean, think about it. You called, but there were perhaps many other people who called as well. 
you want to have a meeting with her, perhaps she was in meetings all day long. She needs some break as well. So many times, you know, we become a little extreme and we don't give the benefit of the doubt to the other person. So be considerate. And we see this in the response of Umar anhu, how considerate he was. He said, Alhamdulillah, we have the book of Allah that should be sufficient for us. Just, you know, don't bother him anymore. And many times, if we put in effort ourselves, you know, to find an answer, to research, to maybe listen attentively, to be in class the whole time, we would not have to ask as many questions. You know, many times people come and they ask me some questions and really all you have to do is just Google. Honestly, all you have to do is just open the book. And I mean, if you're being asked a question, you're not supposed to say, you know, I'm not going to give the answer. You are supposed to answer because you're not allowed to conceal knowledge. So you're in a way overburdening the other person. In a way. So now when people come to me and ask me, recently somebody came and asked me about something and I said, why don't you research the answer in this and this way and let me know as well. And they did it. And they sent me a message and they said, I researched the answer and this is what I found. So what do you think? So sometimes we need to take initiative ourselves as well. We need to become more active. Many times we depend on other people to just spoon feed us all the time. So Alhamdulillah, by now we should you know, grow up a little bit, right? Inshallah. MashaAllah, you all were able to research so much and prepare a talk. So Inshallah, in the future when you have questions, you should first try to find the answer yourself. And if you don't find the answer, then definitely go and ask so that you can find out. We also learn in this hadith about the enthusiasm, the zeal that other sahaba had to learn even more from the Prophet ﷺ, to learn as much as possible. And that is understandable. Ibn Abbas and some other companions, they wanted to learn more. They wanted that, you know, whatever the Prophet ﷺ had to say, whatever he wanted to be written down, be written down because they were eager to learn more. And definitely that should be there. That is completely understandable. But we see that at this occasion, what Umar who did, what he suggested was definitely better. Then we see that when the people were arguing, the Prophet ﷺ said, leave because it is not appropriate to argue in my presence. Was it not appropriate to argue at that time in particular or at any time? At any time. At that time, even more so because the Prophet ﷺ was sick. Imagine, a person is unwell and we are arguing in front of them. This shows to us that the Sahaba were after all human beings. They were normal people. You know, where they got along with one another, where they respected the Prophet ﷺ a lot, sometimes they also had accidents. So we see that he told them, leave, it is not appropriate to argue in front of me. It's never appropriate at all. We learn in the Quran, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَرْفَعُوا أَصْوَاتَكُمْ فَوْقُ صَوْتِ النَّبِي وَلَا تَجْهَرُوا لَهُ بِالْقَوْلِ كَجَهْرِ بَعْضِكُمْ And we see that especially the Prophet ﷺ, we learn in the Quran that he's been told to keep away from those people who argue. Those people who argue in the matters of religion do not deserve that the Prophet ﷺ be among them. We learn in the Quran, Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ فَرَّقُوا دِينَهُمْ وَكَانُوا شِيَعًا لَسْتَ مِنْهُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ That indeed those people who have divided up themselves and they have cut up into different groups, you have nothing to do with them. You have nothing to do with them. So we should take a lesson from this, that we must stay united even if we have differences 
we should not be harsh against one another we should still be respectful with one another don't become too aggressive and many times it happens that you believe in something and you try to convince the other if they don't agree with you they're not understanding your viewpoint then just adopt silence simple don't make a big deal out of it because if we make a big deal out of it we're becoming of those people who cut up into groups who divide amongst themselves and such people don't deserve that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam should be amongst them we learned earlier about seeing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in your dream and we love we wish that we could see him in the hereafter we could be in his company so if we want that we must leave this division we must leave this division and we must start to have respect for one another over here we see that some companions they thought it was a huge calamity it was a huge disaster that had happened that had prevented the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam from writing something and umar radhiyallahu anhu on the other hand was like don't make him write leave him let him rest so this shows that umar radhiyallahu anhu was definitely more knowledgeable he was more wise he was more caring more concerned than many others i'm not saying that everyone but many others yes alaykum i was just thinking that how prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was well wishing to the ummah if he was uh, very sick he still um try his best to yeah. that the ummah remain in the right way yeah. straight path that how he wanted them to be rightly guided the whole time just imagine when he realized he's he's going to die soon how concerned he was about his people that he was saying let me write something for you so that you won't be lost ever after that let me tell you about something you won't be lost ever after that so it shows how much he wanted to convey and the same thing we should also do sometimes we prefer our own comfort our rest over the loss of other people you know other people could suffer loss so if we have to deprive some of our you know if we have to deprive ourselves from a little bit of sleep a little bit of food it's okay don't worry inshallah allah will not leave you deprived he will compensate you in the best way the value or the connection of umar radiyallahu anhu with the quran so when yes. he said wa indana kitabullah hasbuna it shows how how deep his connect his connection and how his trust in the book and how the value of the book yes. at that mo- at that point very true that how he was so confident that the book of allah is sufficient for us it is enough for us that any answer we need any solution we need any guidance we need we can find it in the book of allah this does not mean that the sunnah is not important not at all no it doesn't mean that He was trying to make clear to them that the book of Allah is sufficient for our guidance. We don't need to press the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam even more to you know to teach us to guide us even more. I mean, he performed his job in the best manner. He delivered everything that he was supposed to. So now let him rest. That where a person must be very firm, very tough in certain ways, there should also be mercy and compassion. Where we strictly observe the rules, where we you know want to stick to them 100% there should also be some compassion some mercy people ask us questions we should be so firm upon the quran and guide them towards the quran rather than arguing or giving them answers ourselves yes. guide them to the quran very true and we can only guide other people to the quran when we have this firm belief that that it is sufficient for us it is sufficient for us it is enough for us bab al ilmi knowledge wal idati and admonition bilayli in the night seeking knowledge and advising other people when in the night time 
What do you do during the night? Really? You sleep all night? I'm sure you don't do that. What do you do at night time? Huh? Studies? I'm sure many of you do that these days. Prepare for the next day. Maybe on a Saturday night, Friday night. Be honest. Go out for dinner. Watch a movie. Watch a movie. Okay. Read something on the internet. Read a book. Right? Spend time with our families. Isn't it? So, if we ever do stay up at night extra, it's for the purpose of enjoyment. Isn't it? It's for the purpose of spending time with our families. We learn from hadith that uh, a person should not stay awake long after Isha, except if he wants to spend time with his family or has some important other work to do. So when people do stay up at night, it's for the purpose of enjoyment, being with the family, taking it easy, right? We learn from this that studying at night and advising others at night, this is also something that's very good. You will only stay up for what you find important. You will only stay awake at night for what you find is urgent. Isn't it? Saturday night, tomorrow is Sunday night. I have to sleep early. I better do this today. I better do this tonight. Isn't it? During weekdays, you can't stay up too late in the night. Why? Because you have to start your day very early. So whenever you do stay up at night, it's always for the purpose of doing something that's very important to you. Okay? I'm not saying important in every sense, but what is important to you? So, when seeking knowledge becomes very important to a person, then he will also stay up in the night to learn. He will also stay up in the night to do her assignment, or prepare for her lesson, or prepare for her talk, or whatever it is. So, if you are doing this, you have to stay up at night sometimes, be happy because inshallah this is of the sunnah that we learn from the hadith one of the ways that is encouraged or allowed by the sunnah we know that definitely during the day we should do our work and during the night we should rest because that is exactly what Allah made the night for but because the night has so much sukoon in it there are no distractions no interruptions you can also get a lot of work accomplished I know of this person who lives in another country and they teach other people online and when they teach other people online, it's their night time. It's their night time. So they'll be teaching other people at, at 12 o'clock, midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, all the way up until Fajr. And then after Fajr, after some time, they said that they rest at that time. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.